Welcome to Real Marketing University with David Collins, a podcast series designed exclusively for real estate agents who are ready to level up their practice and become the go-to neighborhood expert. Today's episode is brought to you by the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing, the premier independent training authority for real estate agents working in the luxury residential market. Go to luxuryhomemarketing.com to learn more including how you can earn your CLHMS designation, recognized around the globe as the gold standard in luxury designation. Without further ado, here's your host, David Collin. The format for today's presentation is a little different than what we usually show. Today, we're gonna be featuring a webinar with digital marketing expert, Toby Agency, with President Andrew Hong. Absolutely amazing, brilliant gentleman. Today's episode is about breaking into the luxury market and how important it is to combine both digital and print to make sure you're the leader in your market. So at this time, I want to talk about breaking into the luxury market. And a lot of people will say, is, is now a good time or not a good time? I love this when a market, when everybody else thinks the market is softening, I love it when agents just pick up their marketing because what happens is the level of competition drops because the agents think, oh, it's a, it's a softening or lowering or um, you know, a declining market, which is maybe it's declining compared to last year, but is it declining compared to other years? And I think if you look back in history, historically, it's not. I mean, 2022 starts out with a really, I think with a lot of momentum. And again, if, if 100 agents are marketing in your area, which is obviously is a lot more, if probably only 100 are actually spending money uh, on marketing, and now only 50 are, obviously you've got a much better shot at getting those listings. So let's talk about rising interest rates. And I think that, and especially in the luxury market, the luxury seller and buyer typically have a greater financial experience. And they clearly understand that a six or 7% interest rate is absolutely dynamite. Like I don't, I've refinanced my house at two and a half. So now all of a sudden I've got it in my mind that, oh, this is the normal. It's not, it was insanely low, which a lot of us took advantage of but they know how to look back at markets and say, wait a second, six, 7% is probably a pretty good interest rate at this time. And so the thing that will change with higher interest rates is usually your days on market will extend or be a little bit longer. And in North Carolina, that's only 14 days. So it went from six days to 20 days. So I still don't think that's, I actually think that's insanely low. The, on a normal market, you're looking at usually three to six months uh, for luxury sellers to sell a property. So that brings us to the other point of marketing, back to marketing again. Um, and you're going to have to spend some money. That's one thing you can't get away from in the luxury market is just throwing it in MLS and, th and thinking it's going to sell or everybody's going to be happy with that because it's clearly not going to be. The other point that you really want us to pay attention to, and um, according to most statistics or analytics, that, that 2023, the second half, the stock market is predicted to go up considerably. So as a luxury seller, I'm looking at the stock market. So if I look at my account, and this is not my account, but if I look at my account and it's, it's gone from 15 million to 14 million, watch, I still have $14 million. If I want to buy a luxury house, I'm still going to buy it. it it's not like the Great Depression where in, in, in that case, it would definitely, everything would be affected. But in a luxury market, if, uh, if a luxury seller or excuse me, buyer wants to buy a luxury property in Aspen as a vacation home, they're going to, right? And now they're seeing less competition on the market and if we call it a softening market, it means the prices have gone down. So if a $5 million house in Aspen or North Carolina uh, at Myrtle Beach 
if one of those luxury market drops, then the price of the house dropped, which will offset any increase in interest rates. So again, the luxury seller and the buyers are always looking at the stock market to see where their portfolio is. And it clearly hasn't. The stock market hasn't dipped. As a matter of fact, it's on its way back up. They're going, okay, great. This is a good time. So another great statistic is, is that in all markets, up or down, 76% of luxury sellers and buyers say they're still going to buy luxury products. It means they're, they're still going to buy luxury purses and watches and houses and cars. Uh, 76% of them said that they would do that. And that it doesn't make sense maybe to a lot of us um, because when, the, when, the, when our income is adversely affected by 10%, that can really hurt for a lot of people. But the luxury uh, business person, if their income is offset by 10%, they're still making millions of dollars a year. So they're still likely to buy the luxury property. So let's talk about the international buyers. And of course, you on the East Coast were in San Diego. I lived in South Florida for 10 years, where a lot of my buyers came from either South America or Europe. And so Europe is probably one of the largest percentage of international buyers coming into your market. Well, during the pandemic, they didn't travel as much and people didn't really want people in their houses that they didn't know that didn't have COVID or not. So now that that has receded considerably, I think you're going to see a huge influx back to that international buyer. Here's another interesting thought. Canada just limited international buyers completely, completely. So those international buyers that want to buy something overseas, you, they just took out one of the largest markets ever. I mean, Canada has huge. Well, the problem is they had so many international buyers that they felt that they were adversely affecting or abnormally affecting the price, meaning they were driving the prices up unrealistically. And the Canadian government really wanted to, you know, they want their, their Canadian residents to be able to afford a house and they don't want to get them pushed out by foreign buyers. So two great points there I really, really love. End of the uh, pandemic. And of course, Canada closing their borders to uh, international buyers. So you may be thinking, David, I don't really have any luxury experience. How do I get around that? I think there's a couple of really, really good strategies. Um, there's two people that come to mind right away. One is Wayne Peterson up in Idaho, who was a businessman who retired, who was a salesperson actually who retired, and he actually broke into the luxury market. Now, again, we're going to go back to this point of consistency. It took him about six or seven months, but he knew that going in. So he marketed himself, which I'm going to help you do or show you how we do it. He marketed himself to the luxury sellers for a period of five to six months. And then he got his first sale and his second sale, his third sale. And Wayne actually makes a really, really good living. The other one is a young lady in South Florida in Boca Raton. And um, she's really good friends with a, a gentleman that was in my wedding party, actually. And they got a divorce and she wanted to break into the Boca Raton market, country club market, which is luxury. And it's not inexpensive. Well, it's a million dollars, and she's, sell she's now selling million-dollar houses. And I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure she's at five sales in the first six months of her career. Obviously, no, ex no experience. She was, she was in the cosmetic industry, so we'll start talking about that as well. There's some strategies here that we have to work with. Uh, and again, I'm going to go back to that marketing materials. We created a bunch of marketing materials for uh, a sample pack for Brooke down in South Florida. And uh, she's crushing it. Absolutely amazing. But the one thing she didn't do and the one thing Wayne didn't do was give up early. Like a lot of people think, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna walk into town and start, but I'm gonna walk into North Carolina and start stealing all your luxury business. Not gonna happen. It's gonna take a good three, four, five, six months to get started. Once you're on a roll, it's amazing. So let's talk about some of the strategies. One of my favorite strategies is to partner with 
other agents in your office that have luxury listings. And I can help you with this, but I think the easiest way to, to describe it is, is if you come to me and say, hey, David, I want to help you sell that home. You're going to watch this language. I want to help you sell that home. And I'm working over here on this part of town. Make sure that that agent isn't working in that, the part of town that you want to market to. So you're going to have to go to different places. And the luxury is spread out on North Carolina all over. So I say, hey, I want to help you market that home over here. And I'm going to pay for all the marketing. The only thing I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to put both of our pictures on the marketing piece as you know, two agents, but there's only going to be the one number. There's going to be one phone number. And of course, that's going to be yours. So the agent's getting free marketing. And again, it's just an insanely, really good strategy. You have to have the courage to be able to go to the other agents, right? And say, hey, look, let me help. Let, let me do this for you. So let's get into some of these strategies. So let's talk about some of the do's and don'ts of, and how to break into the luxury market. I think we just briefly touched on it. Um, I, I share with you a great story. And that is when I first started the business down in South Florida, uh, there were, I'm not going to mention their name, but there was a company that is insanely good at the luxury market. And they did one thing, and this was way before internet and social media became really popular. And that is they took property brochures and they mailed them to a thousand high-end homeowners. So every time they took a listing, that's what they would do. Now you could start with 300 or 500. Again, if you can get other agents to help you do this, it's a great, great strategy. Um, you're probably gonna have to check with your broker on this one, but you may even wanna send something out to those high-end homeowners um, and maybe offer them a slight discount in the commissions to get those first couple of listings yourself. It, it's just, just a really, really, really good strategy. And then of course, Andrew's gonna talk about the online, the um, internet marketing and social media marketing to help you back up or reinforce that. So that I think the one mistake that a lot of agents make is thinking that uh, internet and social media is the introduction to you as a luxury agent. And really what it is is institutional advertising, which means it backs up a brand that, you've, that I'm already familiar with. So by direct mailing to those particular homeowners, I'm now establishing the brand. And remember, it's gonna take five or six times for you to establish yourself as a luxury agent in that market. And now they start looking at what? Who is that? Who is that person that sends me those beautiful brochures? And now they go online to check you out. And of course, you Andrew will make sure that you have the proper presence there. So great, great strategy, tag teaming, um, both direct mail. And we direct mail, by the way, 9 million pieces a year all across the US and Canada. So it clearly works. And direct mail is not dead. And we have grown steadily every year for 15 years. We constantly do more, work with more and more agents. We work with about 1,700 agents across the US and Canada. Uh, so another great strategy. And again, Andrew, will really, I like him to expand on the uh, social media and internet type marketing. So 78% of homeowners say that they would work with the neighborhood or local expert if there was one. So a lot of people, a lot of agents don't do marketing. And of course, I'm, again, we'll go back to this mistake of thinking I'm going to do something two or three times and I'm going to get a listing. Um, just it, it might. Uh, and we, we see it because we mail so many pieces but really get, get used to the fact that this is gonna take a little bit of time. And what you're trying to do is establish your brand. So let's give you a great example or analogy here. If I ask you to go uh, to the store, the, the drugstore, to get me something to clean my ears, what do you buy? Now I do this analogy in front of thousands of people and everybody says the same thing, Q-tip. The truth of the matter, Q-tip is the brand. What you got was a cotton swab. Well, how did they do that? How did Johnson & Johnson actually take a product and get you to start calling it their brand, which was brilliant. It takes 8.4 contacts to establish a brand. Now, 
if it's a local, um, your local agents on local products, probably will take about six. Uh, a Q-tip is an you know, obscure product that nobody really knew about, or Q-tip obviously didn't, or Johnson Johnson didn't have that particular brand with them. So again, 78% of homeowners will work with the neighborhood expert if there was one. Okay, so you've heard me talk about direct mail. It is by far the easiest way to break into the luxury market. Uh, luxury sellers, a lot of times they'll have two or three homes. And so when they get their mail or mail's forwarded to them, they're not, the moral of the story is that they're not driving around the neighborhood. First of all, a lot of them are not driving through other neighborhoods where all your signs are, right? So they, they can't actually, and most of them are living in communities that don't allow yard signs. Or if they do, they're this big, right? So again, the direct mail is by far the easiest, cleanest, most elegant way to create yourself as the luxury agent branded. So another thing I want to talk about is, especially if you don't have um, luxury listings and you can't get anybody in your office to go along with you, we have great, great content as the Luxury Institute does as well. And we actually help provide that. And so it's luxury statistics and luxury homeowners want to know about luxury homes. So if you're constantly in front of them just saying, oh, this is what the houses are selling for. This is what the luxury market looks like. It's going up. It's declining a little bit. It'll always bounce back. Um, always really good, good content is important, especially if that luxury, not to, they're not any better than we are, but if you look at the luxury seller, they're typically more savvy when it comes to financial information. And if their house goes up 10% and they have a $10 million house, that's a million bucks. If I have a $500,000 seller and it goes up 10%, that's 50,000, right? So they have a tendency, they're affected a little bit more because the bottom line is the value of the property, the product that they have is actually worth more. Okay, so I wanna, I, I know we keep hammering this point about consistency, but what you're really trying to do, go back to the Q-tip story, is you're trying to stay top of mind. And the best way to do that is to stay in front of those people on a monthly basis. Don't buy into this every other month or every three months. That's just, it's not going to work. First of all, if I get your piece, and I get this question all the time, if I get your piece and my wife and I are looking at, Shelly and I are looking at this beautiful piece and we go, wow, who is, that's, that's great. And then we start talking about selling. Who's that agent that, that sends us that piece every month? And all of a sudden, 20, 30, 45 days go by. We're like, no, I'm not waiting. Let's find an agent. Right, so you've got to stay top of mind. And it has to be consistent. So I want to just give you a really, really great example. We have an agent in North Carolina, Erin. Um, she's been with us since January of last year. So 13 months, literally 13 months. Her ROI is 633%. What that means is for every dollar she spent, she got $6 back. And to be exact, she spent about $10,000 and got back $66,000 in commissions. That is an insanely good ROI. Ask any stockbroker, right? And they think five, six percent, seven percent is good, not six hundred percent. But again, back to the Hirsch. It's very, very consistent, high, real high quality, and classy. And I think the one thing that I notice with all, especially Aaron and all luxury agents, is watch. They never show up outside of their house not dressed to the nines, ever. And they don't go to their friend's house in the workout clothes or jeans and a t-shirt just because they're friends. Because here's the why. If I I'm an agent and I go to my, one of my friends wants to list their home and I go to their house in which I love is shorts and a t-shirt and because I'm friends and that's how I play racquetball with these guys all the time. And that's how I know them. And I show up that way. That's fine. I'll probably get away with it there. But the one thing they're not going to do is refer me to their boss because they think that's how I show up. But what if you've seen me 
at the, at the, the, the track or at, by cycling. And all you ever see me is in athletic clothes or bicycle clothes. And now you see me in a fully dressed, nice suit, nice jacket. People don't wear ties anymore. I love to wear ties. But if I show up at your house dressed to the nines, and then there's their homeowner, or I'm sorry, their boss decides to sell, then they think of you. But I think it's one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. And once in my life, in my career, and I've been single most of my life, I dated an agent. And we turned this around for her because she was always running around in her athletic clothes. I'm saying, Nancy, you can't do that. It's just, it, you, you got to understand. And then I, she got really dressed up, not, not like over the top, but dressed professionally, business professional. And she showed up at her broker's office and uh, Delarine Jackson was her broker. And she, Delarine was like, wow, this is amazing. Look what we did. So she actually, we actually made her through direct mail, never had a, a listing on the ocean, made her the number one listing agent on the ocean in San Diego. Pretty impressive for somebody who's never really had that kind of market. So that's a, now that's a third example of somebody who's never had those types of listings and then actually broke into them. So let's for a minute talk about the Luxury Institute. Um, I mean, I love that organization. If you haven't taken the course and don't have the designation, highly recommend it. They really teach you all of the, uh, the nomenclature, the language that's used by luxury people. They have incredible luxury reports, which we can print and mail for you. Uh, but it's a great, great designation. And I've sat through, it's about a day and a half course. I think you can do it online. I know you can. I love the live sessions and their instructors are so informative. And most of them are actual agents that work in the business. Kofi's my favorite. He's an LA Beverly Hills agent. Um, but they travel around the country and do these seminars for you. Um, but again, once you take that course and you have the designation, you're going to have the confidence to walk in and say, I know what I'm talking about here. A lot of agents, I have a Lisa in Phoenix, for instance, and she's in the $500,000 market. She's very clear. She does not want to be in the luxury market. And I kept saying, and I've known her for 10 years, 15 years, she's been a client. Lisa, why do you not want to do that? She says, I'm just not comfortable in that environment. But I bet you if she took the course, she would be. So now that we've learned about the uh, offline marketing, direct mail and printed pieces, and nobody's better at that. I, I think I don't mean to be egotistical, but we do 9 million pieces a year. We have, you know, 30 years experience of this market. And really what the 30 years does is we've made more mistakes than most people can afford to. Uh, and I, I don't think we've made many in the last 10 years because we've learned so much. But really, really important is the online marketing. And Andrew is going to, I'm going to introduce Andrew to you from Toby Agency really a guy and super nice. And I, I've always said, I love nice people that are smart. And Andrew is both. Andrew, take it away. Okay. Thanks, David, for that awesome overview of direct mail farming. So what David just went over is a very robust offline marketing strategy to help you generate more leads in the luxury world, right? But we know that in the world that we live in, that we need to kind of marry offline with online marketing. And I'm going to talk a little bit today about an online marketing tactic using community websites to support some of the offline lead generation activities that David just shared with you. So we're going to talk specifically about how you can use community websites to support your direct mail farming that David had just gone over in the previous part of this presentation. To set the stage a little bit, I wanna talk a little bit about online marketing to what I consider digital natives, right? And so what I have here is a chart from NAR, their real estate in a digital age 2021 report. 
And the main takeaway that I want you to take from this chart is that 37% of home buyers are between the age of 18 to 41, right? This is millennials, this is Gen Z, right? These are folks that are of buying power now and have the ability to buy homes and maybe it might be their first home. And one thing that became very clear as I was going through the data and looking through the NAR report is that 99% of this demographic of folks between the ages of 18 and 41 use the internet in their home search, right? So we know that there needs to be an offline direct mail strategy to enable lead generation, but we need to make sure that we link that strategy up with an online strategy because much of the demographic that many of us are targeting or trying to go after, they use the internet in their home search. I don't have the data here on this slide, but the number for ages like 42 to 60 is somewhere in the 95%. So even if you're not targeting these home buyers between the ages of 18 and 41, even age demographics that are older than that, many of them, 90 plus percent of them are still going on the internet to complete their home search or to find some more information about uh, the, the process, about the homes, about the people that they're going to be working with as they're going on this process. I say all of this because you need a luxurious place to send online traffic from your direct mail farming campaigns, right? Most of the time, what's going to happen is they're going to see that beautiful mailer that you put in the mail that's customized to their community, customized to their home but they're going to go do some research about you. And the first place they're probably going to go is to a website or to some sort of social media page that you have, right? So let's talk a little bit about how you can take advantage of that sort of buying behavior and that research behavior to support the offline strategy that David had just spoken about. So we believe that you can generate leads online using community websites, right? And basically, as you can see here, Community websites are a site that's very specific to a locale or a community that you're trying to do marketing in, right? That you're trying to farm leads in, right? And the whole idea here is that you want to build a community site that positions you as an expert in your community. We built hundreds of community sites for agents that work with us. And this is just, a, just, just one example of a community site that is focused on an area called Chatham Hills, right? As you can see here, the content on there, the market reports, the available homes, the property finders, they're all specific to this very specific community. So what this does is it positions you as an expert in your community and it maintains some continuity between the direct mail piece that they got in the mail and the website that they're eventually going to see. Many of the customers of Real Marketing who do these direct mail farming campaigns, they're starting to put QR codes on their direct mail because, you know, of all the things that happened under the pandemic, one thing that I think we all got used to was starting to use QR codes. So now when you scan the QR code from a direct mail farming campaign, it now links you over to a website like this. And on this website, what we do is we build different types of lead generation methods whether it's sign up for property searches or sign up to get more information about this community, right? So it becomes a secondary way for you to be able to generate leads. The primary lead gen channel is going to be any inbound leads that you that you get from your direct mail campaign or your, from your the direct mail farming strategy that David spoke about. 
But you also have to see your website as a secondary channel to catch those leads if they may not be ready to pick up the phone to call you or email you right away. Maybe they want to go to your website from that QR code from your direct mail piece so that they can maybe do a little bit more research on the community that you're focused in. And that secondary channel for the website lead becomes a place for them to either sign up for property searches or provide an email address so they can sign up to get more information from you. So it's a, a, less, a less committed way for them to become a lead to you without you actually needing to call them directly, right? So the primary lead gen channel is always going to be the direct mail farming campaign that David had talked about earlier. But we want to make sure that anybody that doesn't convert directly from that campaign, they have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you, your community, and the expertise that you have in that community. And that's what a community site is used for, right? And so that's why pairing up this direct mail farming strategy with a community website kind of gives you this really nice one-two one punch of offline and online marketing so that you can capture those leads and start building up more contacts in your CRM. So what kind of content do you actually need to put on your community site to enable lead generation, right? So they, they saw the direct mail farming piece, they scanned the QR code, they went to your community site. How do you get them to take the next step, which is either to give you a phone call or maybe opt in to get more information from you down the road? Well, what we recommend is that when you build a community website, that you make sure that you maintain the luxury look and feel that you have from your direct mail campaign, right? That's extremely important to maintain that continuity and branding. And it's a big reason why my company works very closely with real marketing to make sure that when we're building community websites, that we're using a lot of the media and imagery that's being used in the actual printed direct mail items that are being sent out, right? So make sure that the media that's on your website matches what's going on in your direct mail campaign. It needs to feel luxury if you're going to be generating leads in a luxury market, right? Secondly, you wanna make sure that the content that you put on your website is data-driven. Data-driven content is one of the best converting content on a website, and it's a reason for someone to give up their email address to you so that you can give them something of value in exchange. And most of the time, a lot of the content that we find that most people like to get and give up their email address for is data-driven content, like the automated market reports that David had spoke about earlier in his presentation. Also, all members of the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing get access to a monthly luxury market report that's focused on a specific geography. So as you can see here in the slide, this is the January 2023 Charlotte, North Carolina luxury market report. You can take this content, rebrand it yourself, put it on your community site, and use that as a piece of lead gen so you can get opt-ins for email addresses, okay? Another piece of content that I recommend that you put on your community site is to allow MLS searches via an IDX feed to be able to generate leads. One, one feature that we build into all of our community sites is that we allow property searches and we allow people to save property searches. Now, when they save those property searches, they become a lead to you in your CRM and, and you have some intelligence on the types of properties that, you're looking, that they're looking for. So if you feel like it's important to be able to follow up with them, it's important to have that mechanism on your site 
to be able to capture their email address so that you can do some follow-up or nurture email marketing with them. Last but not least, you want to make sure that on your community site that you position yourself as an expert in luxury, specifically within that community. We talked about how data-driven content can help, but one thing that you can use are badges, designations, testimonials, right? And the Institute for Luxury and Marketing actually has a number of designations that show that you're certified to be able to market luxury homes. These types of items are what we call social proof. And even if you haven't had experience working in luxury, having these badges or designations can really elevate your profile as an agent and give you that kind of leg up so that if you are marketing or doing luxury for the very first time, that you at least have some kind of designation or some kind of third-party approval that shows the buyers or sellers that you are uh, trained and certified to be able to handle these types of upper tier or luxury listings. We'll talk a little bit more about the Institute can enable this for you in the, uh, as we get through the presentation. But I just wanted to note that this can be a very important piece of content to put on your website to position yourself as an expert and give you the confidence that you need to be able to handle those listing presentations or to help with generating new leads for buyers or sellers in the luxury market. So just to really summarize, here are a few features that I think if you're, if you're trying to build a community website that you should consider. One is making a domain that's focused on the community that you're targeting. So I live in a place called uh, Saratoga Springs, Utah. If I, was a, if I was an agent in this, I'd probably buy the domain like livinginsaratogasprings.com, right? You wanna make sure that your domain is customized to the community that you're targeting. As I mentioned before, you also wanna make sure that you have luxury, high quality look and feel to your community website with really good media that matches up to your direct mail campaign. We talked a little bit about the, having an MLS feed for property searches to allow for lead generation. And many of our community sites have this technology built into it. And then using lead generation content like market reports or the, the luxury market report, the automated market reports that you can purchase through real marketing. These are all great pieces of content for people to continue coming back to your site or for them to encourage them to give you your email address so that they can opt in. And last but not least, for anybody that ends up downloading a piece of content or asking for a property search, it's very important that you also develop what we call an email nurture campaign that drips out additional emails to those people after they've opted in. Because they may not be ready to buy or they might be ready to sell, but you want to keep sending them useful information via email since they've already given you your email so that you can stay top of mind. So those are just a few features of community websites that you should consider if you want to link this up with your direct mail farming campaign. Today's conversation was all about breaking into luxury real estate and why doing so during a softening market just completely makes sense. Luxury buyers and sellers aren't typically impacted by market shifts the same way non-luxury buyers and sellers are which is why breaking into luxury is a solid strategy despite challenging market conditions. One of the simplest ways to break into the luxury, partner with other agents who already have luxury listings. Not only is this a great way to pick up some tips from a more experienced agent, but is an effective way of breaking into luxury when you're just getting started. 
We all know that 78% of homeowners would list with a neighborhood expert if there was one. And direct mail marketing is the most effective way to become the neighborhood expert. Direct mail marketing is also a great way to generate luxury leads because you can target specific neighborhoods at the luxury price point you want. Finally, to create a more well-rounded experience for potential buyers and sellers, make sure your offline, digital, and online marketing materials have a similar look and feel, consistency and branding. If you're trying to break into the luxury market and your offline and online don't have the same luxury feel to them, you're going to have a hard time convincing potential buyers and sellers that you're the right agent to partner with. It shows a little bit of a lack of professionalism. In my opinion, a lot. Thank you very much for joining us today, and we appreciate your time. This has been another episode of the Real Marketing University podcast, bringing you the new real estate success stories each and every month. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're interested in learning more about real marketing, please visit realmarketingforyou.com. That's realmarketing4u.com. And if you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We look forward to helping you on your journey and becoming the local neighborhood expert. Thanks for listening.